Hi guys, hi, how are you? This is Charlie Lee, I'm the CEO and then co-founder of the Balance Hero. We are providing a true balance application. Have you seen the 2006 Hollywood movie called Outsourced? It is a movie about an American company that outsources its call center to India and an American manager is sent to India to set up the call center and get it running. The movie shows India from the eyes of an outsider and makes up rethink our assumptions. You might end up with a similar feeling by the end of this episode of the Founder Thesis Podcast as your host Akshay Dath interviews Charlie Lee, the Korean-born founder of India's leading bottom-of-the-pyramid lending app Balance Hero. Balance Hero specializes in low-ticket size loans starting from as low as 5,000 rupees and it gives out and collects these loans in a purely digital manner. And this journey has been fascinating with many parallels to Paytm. Like Paytm, Balance Hero also started in the mobile recharge space before moving to a payment wallet product and then finally finding its mojo as a lending-focused product. Stay tuned for some amazing insights from a veteran founder with decades of entrepreneurial experience. Okay, so uh, Charlie, could you start by giving a like a one-minute overview of what is True Balance or Balance Hero? Yes, uh, you know, uh, Balance Hero, the company which we uh, founded in two thousand fourteen July, and then the uh, we are we are like you know our company's vision vision mission is a finance for all. So we are targeting like Indian middle class or next billion people who don't have the enough access to the various finance services, especially the credit-related services. So True Balance is Android application, which provides uh, uh, payment and then digital loan service. Our major target customers are like, you know, as I mentioned, like Indian middle class, uh, 1 billion people who have the like, you know, major population, who are the major population of India and then who don't have enough access to various financial services, especially credit-related services. So you said payments and credit both. Uh, is it like a UPI payments app? Uh, yeah, we have a UPI feature as well. We have a PPI license, which we got from uh, RBI in 2014. Actually, we started our business from payment first, which is uh, like players. We got the MBFC license in 2019. So we started our service from payment. And then from 2019, we uh, top up the uh, digital loan service. So payment means like you started like an app like Paytm. Uh, that was how you started. Um, not exactly. Actually, now actually we support UPI as well. But we started, uh, we have the PPI license is prepaid instrument. So we have uh, like a wallet. And then the people can top up the wallet and then easily actually spend the money from the wallet without getting OTP and without any other hassles. Okay, okay. So uh, let's cover the journey of how you got to where you are today. Um, what's a Korean guy doing in India? Let me start with that first. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, Tell me about that, that journey, you know, from Korea. Uh, what did you study in Korea? And after that, uh, a little bit of your career in Korea. Yeah, yeah, actually, it's the kind of the first natural question from everybody. 
Um, you know, actually, uh, you know, I actually studied uh, in Korea, like a uh, college, and then I studied in the States, like uh, I uh, mastered in the University of Chicago. And then after I came back to Korea, I actually started my business focused on the Asian business. So, uh, you know, Sorry, my, what, what business did you start? Asian, Asian, Asian Pacific business, global business. Okay. Okay, so um, okay. that's how actually I got connected with India in 2002. You know, actually, I believe, uh, you know, at the time I was working for Real Networks, which is an American company. I was the head of uh, Asian Pacific business. So and, when and I... Real Network had the, I think they had a sound card and they had a music. Yeah, company. yeah, yeah. That's old time business. But after that, actually, they merged it one Korean company. And then I was the head of Asian business, which is uh, specialized for... Uh, value-added services for mobile uh, operators, telecom, tel- telecom companies. What, so what I kind was, of services? So I, I, we have provided various value-added services, but you know, one of the most re- representative and successful value-added services is HelloTunes. You know, we co- in Korea, we call coloring. And then the, we are the first company to invent that service in Korea. And then we try to you know, explore uh, other markets. And definitely India was one of them. And then actually we uh, approached the Airtel. Uh, I led the team and then we actually got the deal. So in 2002, I came to India first and then I joined the, like, you know, the RFP process, bidding process, and we finally got the deal. And then actually, you know, the service is more like, you know, ASP model, which means like, you know, we don't sell our system, we invest and then we, you know, install every servers and softwares and then we maintain not just system, but also service operation. In, in return for that, we share the revenue from the Airtel. So that was a very, very successful service. As you know, HelloTunes was very, very popular. After that, actually, we managed to provide to IDEA, BSNL, Aircell, uh, all other telcos. So that's how okay. actually my yeah, Indian journey began. So uh, um, You said ASP, so ASP is what, like application service provider? Yeah, application service provider model. So okay, we, okay. Yeah, we install everything, we operate, and then we get the revenue share from the telcos. Okay. Yeah, that's the kind and of model. Did you have any competitors who were offering this HelloTunes or you were the only? Yeah, player? actually, you know, uh, at the time, there were, there were some, uh, some of the Indian companies invited, Chinese companies invited, but, you know, we managed to, to get the deal. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So that started your Indian journey. 2002, you came here. Uh, mm-hmm. How long were you with Real Networks? Uh, actually, I started my first venture in 2006. So uh, until 2006, I have led the Asian Pacific business. Uh, India is, of course, one of that. But, you know, in 2006, uh, together with my, actually, co-founders, uh, they are also from Real Networks. And then we uh, kind of made the decision to start our own venture. So uh, we, have, we have provided similar value services to various telecom companies in India, Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand. So that's the first venture actually I founded in 2006. And same HelloTunes or other products? HelloTunes is also, we, we managed to provide to some of them, but the major product is not HelloTunes. Like there were many value-added services. So we managed to provide those to various what, what in Asian telcos. 
like I don't know if you know if you heard about the like you know emoticon the sticker SMS when you send SMS we convert into the sticker style SMS okay. also like a color tagging service when you make a call we send uh, like you know some user defined greeting message to the users the callee there's there are some like you know as you know before smartphone there were so many kinds of you know feature phone based value added services so we have we have managed. To provide those services to Asian telcos. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, this business was making good money. Like, uh, what kind of? Yeah, actually, you know, uh, we made quite you know good business. So we made you know some good you know amount of money. But uh, as you know, from 2011, 12, you know, after the iPhone and then all the smartphone came out, you know, telecom guys are not not the king of kings anymore. Whole the ecosystem changed. Apple, Google, they are the they become the major player. So actually, in 2014, you know, uh, our business didn't grow that much compared to previous you know days. So we made a decision to start uh, smartphone-based new services, and then the, we actually made um, five uh, task force teams under SS Mobile umbrella. So we made a task force. So all these five companies later on, they we actually split out, and then the five companies actually we made. One of those five companies is this Balanciero. So we made a e-commerce company, we made a gaming company, we made a advertisement company. But actually, you know, uh, two of the those five companies are still active and they are very good. And then one of these five is Balanciero, and then I made a decision to lead this business by myself. Okay, very interesting. What kind of revenue did you do at your peak? Like 2011-12, you said was the peak year. Uh, what kind of like million dollars? You mean the access mobile? Yes, yes, for the value-added service. Uh, we made almost like, you know, $1 million of profit every month. So like, you know, more than wow. $10 million uh, yearly profit. Profit, yeah, amazing. Profit. So very, very, very cash-rich uh, kind of. Yeah, product. actually at the time. But, you know, amazing. our business didn't grow. So we right. made a big, bold decision that we are going to stop the value service and then we are going to start the application-based B2C kind of services. And what was your headcount like? Um, <clears throat> the max is like, you know, we have more than 300 people. Okay. And Korea-based? like the, the, No, the actually all, all over the place. Korea, okay. India, Indonesia, Philippines, Singapore, you know, mm. all over those places. Okay, got it. Okay, so uh, this uh, task force uh, that you set up um, is a, a slightly unusual approach. Uh, most founders I speak to, when they face this kind of a challenge, like you faced a challenge where the industry changed from uh, the platform being the telephone operators. Like earlier, if you wanted content, like say if you wanted to know real time cricket scores you would subscribe to some value-added service with Airtel and Airtel would send you cricket scores real-time. So, And then that got replaced with apps and those apps were through Apple and Google. So Apple and Google became the platforms. And so your business obviously got hit. Um, in, in such scenarios, most founders would typically do like, you know, experiments of their own, very hands-on. Uh, what made you decide that, okay, let's set up five different task forces and, you know, you would probably have had 
empowered and independent teams for each of those task forces who would be doing it on their own uh, w- what made you go that route uh, it's a very interesting question <laughs> you know actually there are several reasons um, you know first one is actually you know we we are, we are kind of pivoting our business right this access mobile was purely b2b business our clients are the telecom guys but you know what we try to do at the time is B2C application business. It's a totally new kind of approach. So we were we, we think we were we were like, you know, we believe this is a new type of uh, new DNA kind of service. So we believe that it's gonna be totally out of the uh, existing you know structure and then DNA. So TF is uh, just about the beginning. Later on all those five uh, TF became a separate entity. <clears throat> so uh, that's the first one, the totally new business. The second one is like, you know, I believe because we had the money, you know, we had a quite good amount of money. So I made a decision instead of sharing this profit, the cash, you know, things, uh, because, you know, our vision mission was um, bigger than actually uh, at the time where we were. So I made a decision to reinvest all those money. Uh, and then I, I had a very good co-founders at that time as well. And then I wanted to give them the motivation and incentive to fully commit to those new business. So of course, you know, major shares like Access Mobile invested, but actually I wanted to uh, give all these co-founders to lead each one of these five, you know, task force business, and then they get uh, motivated. Okay. Okay. So you wanted uh, new DNA, young blood, which also had skin in the game uh, because they would have equity in the company, which got spun exactly, out. Of it. Exactly. Um, exactly. Interesting. So, uh, what happened to the four that uh, the other four? One we will talk about in detail, but the other four just very quickly, like what happened <laughs> to them? Uh, it's kind of a. It's, I'm very happy to see this kind of question coming out because you are the, kind of the first one to ask these details. Um, yeah, actually, you know, out of five, one is Balanciero, and another one is still very active, and then their company is over $100 million valued company. So that's right. uh, like, you know, Gifticon, like, you know, it's a kind of e-commerce, but their major market is Philippine, and they are doing also business in Indonesia as well. But that company is also quite active and then, you know, growing very fast. Yeah, that's and like then, a standard e-commerce, like Amazon Flipkart. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not like that. It's like a gift Gift icon means like, you know, you send us some kind of emoticon, but actually oh, that yeah. emoticon includes some code and then that's actually the, like, you know, voucher. So you yeah. can actually use that voucher to buy anything. So uh, that's a very popular service, you know, long, uh, more than like, you know, a decade ago in Korea. So we just so, you know, copy and paste. Th- this would be like... Uh... On festivals, you give some money. Uh... Yeah, it's like, you know, Amazon gift card kind of things. But, yeah. you know, this is, uh, yeah, very similar to Amazon gift card. But uh, this is uh, over uh, telecom users. And then, the okay. you know, like, you know, uh, you know, recharge uh, amount. Actually, they can use it as well. In India, it's not allowed yet. But, you know, in other markets, it's allowed. So, actually... With like, for example, 500 rupees prepared balance, I can use this 500 rupees to buy something. And then we give this, uh, you know, the gift gift coin, we call it gift card plus emoticon. So it's gift coin. So they can, 
you know, gift, those gift, gift come to each other and then they can use it. So like what M-Pesa was doing in Africa. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But but more mm-hmm. gamified mm-hmm. because of exactly. the emoticon with it. Got it, okay. They are okay. all gone. Okay. And the other three? <laughs> one of the services was gaming, gaming company. And then one another is like commerce, Korean, like, you know, Southeast Asia, Korean products, especially cosmetics kind of products were very popular. So they wanted to explore uh, to sell the Korean cosmetics to Indonesia and the Southeast Asian market. Uh, and then the third one is, uh, you know, advertisement network kind of, a, you know, platform. But, you know, all these resources, um, they're all gone. Uh, so now it's only two left. Hmm. running let's talk about the true balance journey so you started by applying for a ppi license like from day one that was the idea to start a payments business no 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 actually we started our service from mobile prepaid users balance checking service so uh that's uh that was a very interesting actually approach you know from the day one we launched through balance our goal, ultimate goal and mission was to provide the finance to underserved on the banking users. So from the day one we launched, actually, you know, it took just, you know, five minutes to choose the market, you know, between India, Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand, whatever it is. We chose India within five minutes because we had a three criteria when we start a new business. First one is the size of the market. Second one is the speed of the growth. Third one is the maturity of the market. If the market is too mature, actually there's nothing, you know, we can do. From this three point of view, 2014, when I founded the Balance Hero, definitely India was the one. India was the very clear one pick. Uh, But, you know, when we study and then find out what kind of uh, item, what kind of business we are going to explore, it took six months, uh, but you know, uh, thanks for our background of uh, you know telecom business. I don't know if you are familiar with the USSD, like a star one two three sharp, and you make a call, and then you get the USSD pop up message. That message was free, and then at that time, actually, we figured over the Android phone, Android application, this USSD feature is uh, is in we can enable it. And then we can get the message and then we can actually scratch and then scrap it. And then we can make a like infographic display. So we made a decision to start from this mobile balance checking because we believe mobile balance recharge, even at the time, 2014, 13, Paytm was there, free charge was there, MobiGig was there. Like, you know, those services were very popular because India is a very, very unique country because out of like 1.1, 1.2 billion mobile users, 1 billion are prepaid users still. Postpaid users, 100, 200 million only. So 1 billion prepaid users, they recharge. At the time, it's more than five, six times a month. Now I think it's two, three times a month. So like 1 billion users, five, six billion transactions per month. That's not the biggest service in India only maybe the biggest service in the world. So most of Indian actually, like including Paytm, like a fintech players, they wanted to start from mobile recharge. 
because users are there, transactions are there. But what we figured is that before recharge, mobile prepaid users, they need to check their balance. So we kind of uh, uh, found out if we can notify the right time of the recharge and if we can notify recommendation right pack for our users, then the mobile recharge is going to be much, much more powerful. And then actually we can easily get into mobile recharge. And then actually, as you know, uh, like, you know, as you see the Paytm, like recharge to bill payment and other payment and other finance services like commerce and insurance and finally the loan. So that's the kind of a journey we were thinking from the day one. Even though we started our service from like utility, like mobile balance checking service, we believe like, you know, this service is going to be the foundation for the you know, finance service for our target of mobile prepaid users. We, at the time, we call them, you know, billion, next billion users. So we figured that this, you know, one billion people, they, they don't fully access financial, various financial service services, especially credit services. So like from the day one, we launched balance checking for prepaid users. Our dream and, you know, vision is to make credit available for those underserved, undercredit users so that actually we can build up financial platform for this, you know, underserved, okay, undercredit. Okay, very interesting. So user. essentially, the uh, name True Balance comes from this only, right? Because uh, otherwise, today that name is, you know, a little bit head-scratching that why is it called True Balance? But now I understand why it's called True Balance because it made sense. You're creating a sticky product with high repeat usage. So which means your uh, active users would have been relatively high because as you said, people were recharging five, six times a month. So which means five, six times a month. And this was a pull service or a push service? You know, like would they ask for what is my balance or would they automatically be notified your balance is low? Uh, both, you know, when operators send push message, like, you know, USSD or SMS, actually, we also process. But also, when users want to pull, like, you want to check the star one, two, three, shop, and then make a call, they can do that over our app. Like, they just, you know, you know, pull down. And then, actually, we make a USSD call, and then we get the USS message, and we process it, and we display in an in, infographic manner. So actually, people can easily check okay, out. Okay, and this would be like a that. like a gateway. Once people started using it to check balance, then your user base can be monetized by offering recharge and. Yeah, actually, you know, our our kind of roadmap was to secure the user traffic mm. from balance checking and then balance recharge mm. and then payment. And then loan. Okay, okay. So that was our kind uh, of. Our how, how did it actually happen? Did you get into mobile charging? Yeah, actually, we still provide mobile recharge and bill payment. But you know, one thing we kind of failed to uh, to follow that roadmap was this payment users like mobile recharge and bill payment. These payment users are not actually uh, naturally evolving into digital loan service. So there was a kind of disconnection and then we kind of failed to move those, you know, payment and recharge and, you know, balance checking users into the loan because loan is a very specific demanding kind of a service, right? So uh, uh, we kind of uh, kind of pivot our service from the payment and mobile recharge to digital loan once we got the 
MBF's license in 2019. So we started our digital okay, service interesting. aggressively. Uh, from, so you're saying the user behavior uh, was such that somebody coming for a recharge would not look at the same app for a loan. Uh, even if they were taking a loan, they would not look at the same Yeah, hmm. the, the demand is a little bit different. So uh, especially personal loan. Like, you know, of course, you know, we provide also okay. like a recharge loan. Like a BNPL. Which means like, you know, when they recharge, we provide like, you know, mm. yeah, like BNPL, but for recharge, like 100 rupees recharge, we charge like 110 rupees. And then, you know, like they can pay later kind of a concept. But, you know, it didn't work out well. The very small ticket size and the personal loan, they need cash, right? So, uh yeah, that's why actually and we moved okay. to so, the personal uh, loan. Did you company. spend money on acquiring users? Uh, because, uh, I mean, this is uh, a crowded market, right? You have Paytm and FreeCharge and a lot of others who want to capture this user base. Uh, were you able to get users for mobile balance checking? Like your, your thesis was that mobile balance checking will drive users. Um, did that work out or did you have to spend money to acquire users? Yeah, actually, mobile balance checking-wise, our service was unique because you know, the other services, they provide very good recharge service, but they didn't provide actually mobile balance checking service, right? And then this is free of charge service because we are using operator's USSD call network. So it's free. Uh, so from the balance checking point of view, we we have uh, successfully acquired quite good users. Uh, what good kind of, of users. numbers but, are you, you know, acquiring? Like... Uh, as I told you, like... It, Monthly sign up. Oh, we, uh, we 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 reached like around more than fifty million, you know, download, and then yes, and then the active users like more than you know seven eight million users. Mm. So it was quite good, but you know, as I told you, like we kind of failed to monetize it mm. based on those user base. That was one kind of a failed actually story we had. Okay, okay. So fourteen to nineteen was uh, essentially a journey of trying to. Uh, monetize these users who were downloading. Uh, uh, did you start a wallet also? Like you got the PPI license, so you. Yes, 2016 we got 17. We got the license. So from 2017 we launched our wallet, and then we provide our like you know wallet service, and then after the UPI came out, also we connected with the UPI, and then we provide a UPI vehicle as well. Okay, uh, I'm guessing wallet is a hard business to build, right? Unless you have, because it needs network effect, right? Like, uh, because these wallets are not interoperable. Like, I can't pay from my wallet to somebody's Paytm wallet. So th that must have been a, uh, like a very, very hard business to scale up. Yeah, exactly. That was uh, one of the reasons why you also failed. Like, you know, of course, lately, you know, the interoperability is, uh, is there. So uh, we can utilize it, but uh, definitely that's one of the reasons. Oh, so you're saying now there is interoperability? Yeah, now actually the PPI 2.0 came out. Okay. The PPI interoperability is going to, we are going to launch very soon, the PPI interoperability. So uh, we can even interoperate with the bank, banks as well. So I think, you know, that's going to, that's going to come very soon. And how will it work through the phone number? Like, uh, yes, wallet, wallet account, you know, you can connect you, you need to create the wallet account uh, okay. based on your number and the the mail okay 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 interesting very interesting i was not aware uh, are wallets still in use today because i thought upi would have like killed wallets 
Yeah, wallet traffic is not that high at all. You know, UPI after UPI actually, because you know the one of the biggest advantage of the wallet is that the very easy and convenient way of payment and then transfer, right? But uh, without OTP. But UPI, you know, actually it's a much more simpler and an easy way. So right. UPI is uh, dominant uh, now. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think there's also some new version of UPI called UPI Lite, which has mm. been launched. What is UPI Lite? UPI Lite, actually, uh, we are not actually doing it. Okay. Well, U- UPI, like, you know, UPI, um, what's it called? UPI 2.0, I think, you know, they are... Ines kind of things, even the UPI auto payment, auto linear payment is going to be enabled. And I think that's going to be also very powerful. Uh, auto linear payment, this is like the say every month some subscription, exactly. money, like, like your Netflix yeah. payment can happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Recurring okay. okay. payment. Okay. 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 Very interesting. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, why did you uh, wait? For an NBFC license to launch lending, uh, because you could have become like, you know, there is that LSP loan service provider model through which you don't lend from your own books, but you just source loans for existing NBFCs and you earn a margin. Actually, you know, um, we we did without NBFC license in early 2019, uh, but, you know, uh, it was not actually full scaled in a version of a loan business. We had a partnership with the small MBFCs and we started our business. But, you know, you are absolutely right. That was one of our kind of mistakes, we, we, we believe. We were supposed to start even before getting the... Of course, you know, the MBFC license, because we had a PPI license, but we thought, like, you know, it's going to happen within six months of time after application, but it, it took, like, more than one and a half years. Because of this PPI license, RBI was a little bit more like, you know, thorough. So uh, I think, you know, it's one of the kind of a regrets I have. We were supposed to launch with the various partners based on the LST model, whatever. Okay, 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 got it. Um, so uh, tell me the journey once you got the NBFC license, then did you... Uh, change your product uh, like the app on play store must have been at one point of time saying check your balance so did you change that app and like, like yeah. you know, how did you how did the business shift you must have had to pivot the business yes exactly like you know after we got the license after we made a decision to comprehensively and aggressively you know approach this uh, loan business we changed our whole the, the application and at the time we actually removed balance checking feature from our app, and we were kind of a pivoted to the the digital loan focused you know service. That's where actually we started to build up a small ticket size. Like at the time, our our loan was one month product, and then the more smaller you know the ticket ticket size. What ticket so size? Average. At the time, our average ticket size is like you know around a few thousand rupees. Okay. A few thousand rupees. Now it's like fifteen thousand rupees, but at the time it's like you know less than five thousand rupees. A very small ticket size and then very short term tenure loan. At the time we provided. And uh, how did you build your underwriting engine? Uh, because you're saying next billion users, uh, 
there probably would not have been a credit score for most of these users that you wanted to lend to how did you because i mean you know in in the lending business uh, it's easy to lend it's hard to recover uh, and success comes when you recover the money so uh, how how did you uh, create that uh, strength and capability to uh, make the business profitable by actually recovering the money lending to the right people lending the right amount for the right duration actually you know that's uh, that's uh... That's uh, basically everything, right? The foundation of uh, this uh, loan, so-called loan or lending business, right? How to underwrite them, how to manage the risk. So, um, but, you know, actually we, from the day one, we launched this service and company. We were very focused on the data. So we actually uh, successfully have built up our data server, data network from the balance checking time. And then we had a very good actually data analytics team. And then the, we kind of uh, uh, get the user's access, a sub, a grant, and the access to various kinds of you know, information and data. So when we, when we start to prepare this digital loan service, we actually successfully managed to build up so-called alternative credit scoring model. So uh, version 1, like version 0.5 and version 1, we launched in 2019. So, uh, you know, we can access as an application, Android application provider, we can access various Android, you know, data set, like, you know, what kind of a handphone model uh, they are actually uh, using it, what kind of application they are using it, like basic geography information and various uh, finance-related SMS information. So there are like, you know, various very valuable data that we can access. And fortunately, we actually had a message engine, which is to provide balance checking feature. So based on this message engine, we have developed, you know, like, you know, finance related, uh, you know, message uh, storing and analysis engine. So now actually we have three models running, bank score, version six, Alternative credit score version five, SMS score version three, all those you know, models we could have successfully managed to build up based on this our uh, previous you know endeavors like you know message engine and other data analytics skill. Uh, can we spend some time on e- each of these? Uh, let's start with the SMS score. Uh, what determines uh, SMS? Of course, yes. you know we can we can we can refer to that and then. To some extent, it's valuable, but many of our users they don't have civil score and they have a very low actually civil score. That's why we have built up our own proprietary alternative credit scoring model, so that actually we can actually build up our own users' credit level. So we call it POD score, probably of default score. So this POD score, based on this POD score, we disperse the loan, and then also we have like a pricing engine. Uh, we call it RBP engine, risk-based pricing engine. So based on this RBP engine, we can kind of decide the interest rate. So those things, and then the based on the income level and then the expected, uh, like, you know, four-year kind of level, we disperse, like, uh, how much we can disperse to our users. So we have built up various underwriting-related models, and then actually we disperse the loan. Um, 
so you know without giving specific details if you can uh, talk about the philosophy of each of these like you know for example a good mm. sms score means that the person has regular paycheck coming in so so that will oh, now it. actually you know uh, these three models are now almost integrated and then it's working as a kind of one model Okay. Uh, but you know, originally when we design, when we started, like bank score, ACS, bank score is the oldest. Second is the ACS, and third one is the SMS scores. SMS score is a uh, comparatively young, actually. Uh, sorry, what, what's the so, second one? ECS. ACS. Alternative credit scoring. Okay. Alternative okay. credit scoring model. Okay. So we have uh, bank score is like you know bank statement. Right. Based. Which- like we, we request upload a PDF or something. Exactly. And then we all oh, we are kind of scripting. So bank score is a version six. ACS is like, you know, as I told you, like various you know Google Android based data set we access and then we build up the underwriting model. The third one is the SMS because SMS uh, financially related SMS is very, very powerful. So we decided to build up separate model based on the SMS. So actually we built up SMS. Okay, okay. I, I'm assuming in the, the Android data set, you would, for example, if somebody has many loan apps on their phone, then that would be a red flag. Like, it would mean that he's trying to get loan from many different places. Uh, like, like that would, and probably for each geography, you would have some sort of a score. People from some geography might be high risk. Uh, like, like those, those would be the ways in which that uh, Android data is... Uh, evaluated? Uh, not not actually uh, deeply, but you know, overall, I think in not just our company, but also like all digital lenders, all basically lenders are very similar. Relatively, South region people, they are more like, you know, they have a lower default rate than the North. And then there are like, you know, some characteristics based on the region and then age group. And then, like you know, the metropolitan level, those kind of things are there. Okay, okay, okay. Got it, got it. Okay. And uh, what is uh, you know, what kind of NPA levels have you seen? Uh, how has that improved over the years? When you launched, what kind of NPA levels were you seeing then? Yeah, actually, you know, uh, when you launch our service, it's over ten percent, and then for the COVID time, it was like you know, sorry, forty percent. Wow. COVID moratorium. I don't know if you remember yes, it. Yes. Moratorium was there. But now, actually, for last three and you know, half four years, we have managed to upgrade the models. And then we have upgraded our underwriting capability so much. So I think now our DPD default rate is like around 6%, 7% that range. Okay. And what is the average rate of interest that you charge? We are, char- we are charging very low actually interest or very low interest rate, like zero point one percent per day or like you know a week. I don't remember exactly, but our late payment, you know, interest late late, you know, the default kind of interest is very low. So zero point one percent per day would work out to about thirty six percent annually. Yeah, but I don't remember exactly. I think maybe now it's zero point five one percent for one week or something. Okay. The bottom line is the like you know very low. We are charging relatively low actually late late payment interest. Late you charge interest uh, only on late payment or, or like what is? No 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 no. We are charging also uh, monthly interest as well. Oh, so I what cannot... is that 
Monday. I cannot share with you the exact actually. You can report to our app, but you know, okay. we're charging 0% processing fee to 5% processing fee, and then like you know, 0.5% to 4 5% monthly interest, depending on our user's credit limit, limit and the POD score. Okay, okay. And what is the average loan duration? Uh, we have now two products, three months and six months. So it's like a, like average is like, you know, many of our users, they repay in advance before the due. So average period is like around four months. And then the, we are now actually about to launch like nine months and 12 months product as well. Okay, which uh, in the beginning was uh, one month. So that one month. Yeah, yeah, three years back when you launched it, it was one month. But now actually we have three months and six months product because of the Google Google policy, because of the RBI regulation, many things actually we change it, our tenure uh, from one month to three months, two months past and then three months. And now actually we launched the uh, six months and then we are about to launch nine and 12 months. But that's for our users, you know, interest because we wanted to lower our interest for our users. We want to give more bigger ticket size loans for our users. Uh, just, just tell me again. What are these Google policies and RBI policies? Because of which Google, Google, stuff? Google doesn't allow one month product, you know, oh. officially in the Google okay. policy. So okay. once we have a official one month product, they don't allow to unload it. So, so they, they the look at that as like predatory lending, one month product. Uh, I don't know exactly, but you know that's what actually Google is doing it. Okay. And then uh, RBI that doesn't have a very strong official guideline for tenure kind of things. But as you know, RBI is very, very strict, sensitive about users' interest. Uh, so to protect our users, I think you know, it's, it's the right direction. So they are doing you know, some of these things. So uh, you're saying short duration loans have higher interest rate than long duration loans? Yeah, normally. Normally, yes, because why is that? you know, like, uh, like at a <laughs> fundamental level, like why, why is you know, actually, you know, I don't know if you have the concept of APR, like you know, annualized percentage rate. So, okay. if you think about APR, once you have a longer tenure product, you know, you can charge very lower, even with the same amount of the, 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 the revenue you are going to generate you can charge lower monthly interest to our users. So longer tenure product is beneficial for our users because they have a lower burden for the interest payment. Also, they can get bigger ticket size because you know monthly EMI amount for review. Once we have a longer tenure product, you have a less burden to pay every month, right? The amount you need to pay is gonna be less. So longer tenure product is good for APR point of view and then the ticket size point of view. Uh, okay, I understand ticket size. Like, if you're taking a three month loan for fifteen thousand, means you're paying five thousand each month. If you take a one year loan, then that fifteen thousand can become sixty thousand again, five thousand each month. So obviously, your access uh, you can now access sixty thousand instead of fifteen thousand in one go. Uh, I, I'm not very clear on this APR concept. If if you can explain with an example, or, or if you think it's too technical, we can skip it. Uh, no, it's not too te- technical, but you know, it's a very simple thing. Like if you charge one uh, percent per month, and then you have a twelve months product, right? You can make twelve percent interest from them, right? Right. From this one, one sales of this loan, right? Okay. But if you have a six months product, and then you you charge one percent per month, then you can make six percent 
of the profit, right? Instead of 12%, you can only make 6%. And if you annualize it, it's the same, 12%, right? But actually, you can make only 6% of the revenue only, while this 12 months you know, product generates 12% of revenue. So even, even with the same APR, the six months product, you are going to make only 6%. This 12% product, you are going to make 12%. So instead of 12%, even though I charge 10%, I actually make 4% more compared to the six months product. So that's the kind of a very simple math. Okay, okay, I understand. There is a customer acquisition cost for each transaction. Like exactly. There's a transaction cost. So if you're doing 6% loan two times, so that you're paying the transaction cost or the customer acquisition cost mm. twice to make that same amount of money if you do it once so it's like basically mm. bulk uh, bulk packaging uh, basically the customer acquisition cost is split over a longer period so you can pass that benefit on okay i understand mm. okay okay got it and uh, so what is the uh, approach towards acquiring customers what's your go-to market that also must have changed uh, were you earlier uh, doing performance marketing for uh, the the balance product, balance checking product? Um, actually, basically, we are doing similar like online marketing and then growth hacking marketing, digital marketing for now, like Facebook marketing, Google marketing, SMS marketing, affiliate marketing. We are doing it. So uh, from those digital marketing point of view. We are doing the similar kind of marketing activities with other digital players. But one thing uh, kind of unique to our service is that from all time, like, you know, when we provided the balance checking features, we are very strong uh, in acquiring users through what we call it referral marketing, network marketing. So once they refer our service to others, they get some incentive and then, you know, they can get the service. So for this loan, also we are doing it. We call it welcome loan. This welcome loan is a specific product, specialized product for this network marketing. So our users recommend the loan to their friends. If they get the loan, we share some incentive. Uh, that's gonna be very, very cost effective. And then the, I think, you know, uh, we are doing very good cost effective, you know, CAC, good CAC wise um, uh, marketing. So that's another big advantage pros we have from CAC point of view, marketing point of view. Uh, this would be in the form of a, like a mobile recharge uh, or what, what, what would the bonus, the referral bonus? Uh, what, uh, we, we are, we are, you, yeah, we are giving the, the cashback points to our wallet. Okay. Okay. The and then the, they can utilize it. They can, because they can recharge the wallet money to their bank. So they can use it for like, you know, cash. Okay. 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 It's, a, it's a cash based. And mm. what, what does it cost you? Like, uh, uh, what is your average referral amount that you spend for every user who is signed up? It's much more cost effective than like, you know, affiliate marketing or based than Google marketing. So we are, our CH cost is quite actually uh, comparative. Thanks for this, uh, you know, referral welcome loan type of marketing. Okay, okay. And this uh, works because you already have 6-7 million users, active users uh, from the legacy balance checking product. So therefore, those legacy users have, so there's enough base for referral marketing to help you. Otherwise, for a new company, this might not work, right? Like, 
Yeah, that's uh, partially yes and partially no. Because, you know, of course, you know, when we launch our loan service, uh, you're right. I mean, we already have some users so that actually they can refer to our service. But at the, at the same time, as I told you, you know, these payment users and loan users are different. So uh, to some extent, it was working, but, you know, it was not actually totally working. So um, we started to build up our own loan users. And once we have loan users, actually, we apply the same lateral network marketing vehicle to those users to expand our new loan users. Okay, got it, got it. So initially, you would have spent more on performance marketing, and then you would have reduced that spending once uh, referrals. Exactly, exactly. And w- what's your uh, split now? What percentage of users come through referral? Around 30%, 40% of all you users are coming from this uh, network marketing. And uh, the remaining 60 come from what sources? Various digital marketing vehicles is like basically same Facebook, Google, SMS, affiliate, all those are like digital marketing vehicles, which is the same as others. Okay, okay, got it, got it. And uh, you know, there's this ratio CAC to LTV, the customer acquisition costs as mm. a percentage of the long term value of the customer. What is that ratio like mm. for you? That's another big kind of a uh, uh, like, you know, comparative point we have, our repeat loan rate is uh, actually maximum 85%. So once our users get the loan, the probability of revisit and to get the loan again is 85%. So our, you know, CAC LTV ratio is quite high. It's like you know, over five times. So I think, you know, that's another thing we are very proud. And then that's from the nature of our users, nature of our product, nature of our, like, you know, product market fit. Amazing, amazing. So 85% repeat rate is very, very high, I think. Uh, okay. Uh, yes. What is the reason for your success? Uh, you, you know, I mean, as a product, it, it is definitely a product which is seeing success. Uh, what is the reason for it? Is it that you have selected a untapped market or is it that uh, you are better at marketing or you know what what do you attribute the success to like is it the selection of the market mm. or the execution or the strategy that's or... A, yeah i think that's a million dollar question i think that's the question <laughs> we need to answer that because uh, not just us it, it doesn't apply just to us like you know many digital lending companies as well and many fintech companies as well but from my translation point of view, I believe one word, one word, focus. Our kind of, one of the biggest, there might be several points, but one of the biggest ones is that focus. We are very focused on our target of users. We are very focused on our kind of products. We are very focused on our kind of underwriting model. We are very focused on our kind of a user's tailored marketing and our kind of a tailored collection. So everything comes from our target users. We call ourselves as a segment player. You know, we are very proud. We are not proud that, okay, everybody, you come and you get whatever you want. No. You know, one crow, 10 leg of money users. I'm sorry, our service is not for you. We are very specialized for maximum is one leg, 
maximum period is nine, six months for now. Later, maybe 12 months. But our major problem is three months, six months. So our target of users are very crystal clear. We are only focused on those users. So everything is tailored for that. Of course, you know, maybe some, some of my friends even told me like, hey, Charlie, why are you doing so difficult business? It's, it's not easy to manage the risk. It's not easy to underwrite them properly. You know, there are so many good users. Like, you know, you, you can just give one crore loan to one person. Then, you know, your 10,000 rupees loan, you need to sell like 1,000 people. But, you know, this one crore. But, you know, we are doing it intentionally because we believe, first of all, we want to create the value, like finance for all. We want to solve this financial inclusion issue. We want to solve this access to credit kind of issues. But also at the same time, this is a big market. I don't know if you have read it or not. I think, you know, if you Google, like, you know, Google and CB report, you can easily actually find out. I'm going to share with you this link so that actually you can refer to that. It's like, you know, the, the report came out uh, two years ago, 2021. It was a very, very interesting, actually, report. I will just share the link here so you can actually refer to that. You know, uh, there are many very interesting because this is from Google and Sibyl, you know, these uh, big guys. And then they are talking about digital loan and they are talking about small ticket size loan, everything. But the, one of the biggest thing is that on the 10,000 rupees loan in 2017, it's only 3% out of whole digital loan. Transactional number wise, not volume wise, that number became 70% in 2021. 3% became 70% in less than four years. And now, after two years, then 2021, the number I strongly believe is more than 90%. This wow. small ticket size loan market is growing explosively because, because of smartphone. You know, you know, Indian people, next billion people, Indian middle class people, they don't need one crore money. They don't need one 10 leg of money. They need like 10,000 rupees, like, you know, 20,000 rupees, 5,000 rupees money. And then this market is already huge and major, but it was in offline. Gold loan or like payday loan. But thanks for smartphone, it's, this market is coming into digital. So this digital, out of digital loan, is very, very natural to see because that's the major market. That's the major population, major product, what they need. We are providing those loans only, only. Some actually players are very proud that you please come here and then you can get one crore money to 1,000 rupees. We don't do that. We, we are not interested in providing one crore or even 10 lakh. Maximum one lakh only, I'm sorry. Many of my actually friends ask me, hey, Charlie, I, I heard that you are doing loan business. Can I get the loan? Like I need just, you know, 50 lakh. So I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to introduce to you uh, one good ICICI bank branch guy. So you better talk to him. Maximum, you are going to get one leg. So <laughs> that kind of story happens a lot. So uh, yeah, that's that's it. Interesting. So you're saying two factors. One is the market is exploding from 7% transaction-wise, uh, 7% share to Today, you're estimating 90% share is this. Yeah, from 3% in 2017 to 
Now, I think it's more than 90%. 3% to 90%. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, I'm guessing that this would have also been uh, driven by the UPI apps, right? Every UPI app is now looking at uh, lending as the way to make money, especially Paytm. And so they, they would also be powering this explosion. I think, you know, you know, actually, you know, uh, if you Google it, Binance, what's the term of Binance, then actually you can... You can get the kind of uh, the translation. Actually, that's the definition of the loan. Binance is actually is equal to loan. Even banks, you know, actually the original bank, right? Original banks is loan, actually, you know. And then the, the biggest business model for banks is actually the loan. And the biggest business model for security companies, stock trading company, actually it's loan. The biggest business model for insurance companies is also loan. So every financial player, actually, by the end of the day, they are making money from the loan. The loan is the core of uh, the gist of the finance. And they definitely, yes, we are very focused on this loan and we are making money out of the loan. But I think it's uh, because that's the strongest demand is of the all finance service is the loan. That's why I think, you know, loan is very, very important. And then basically that's empowering people's life. Okay. Okay. Uh, what's your uh, uh, ideal customer profile like? Yeah, that's also a very interesting question. Um, you know, our average age is like you know, 20 to 35 years old, like you know, more than 70-80% of our users are coming from there. And then 70%, 80% also our users are from tier 2, tier 3, three cities, suburb areas. And then the, we cover like 95% of pin code of Pan India. And then the, like we have a salaried and then, you know, uh, like, you know, small shop owners, Kirana shop owners, they're mixed. But, you know, typically our kind of users, like, you know, all 20 to 35 years old, and then they are, they move from the country to the city. They work as a gig workers or like a small Kirana shop workers. And then they send money every month to their home, like, you know, 50% or, 30% of their salary, and then they spend 20-30% for their rent, and then 20-30% for their life, daily life. So that's the kind of typical our users, you know, the profile. And they would take a loan to maybe buy a mobile phone or some sort of asset purchase or something like that. Yeah, but, you know, still, the you know, this digital loan market is not huge, like less than 100 million people. You know, in India for now, more than 600-700 million people use a smartphone. But only less than like, you know, I think maybe 70, 80 million people only, they use the loan over the app. So still this market, the potential is huge. Amazing, amazing. So a lot of growth potential yet. And uh, what you said that uh, you're not for everyone. So which means saying a lot of no. Uh, what is the, what does your funnel look like? Like, you know, how many people download the app and sign up versus how many of them actually uh, are approved for a loan? Uh... Approval rate is, uh, you know, like, you know, it depends on our uh, kind of a business focus and everything. So uh, it varies. But, uh, you know, average, our funnel is like, we are also very focused on the funnel improvement, funnel integration. We are also very strong. I, I'm, we are very proud of this funnel kind of improvement and A-B test kind of things. But anyway, like around 20% of all our users, we try to give approved loan out of 100 you know, users from the downloading. 
Yeah, okay. So, twenty uh, percent of people who apply for a loan, or twenty percent of people who download, because some people might download and not apply because they are not getting the value. Uh, if someone wants a one lakh loan, the number is not that different. The number okay. is not that different. Okay. 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 Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, and what is your collection strategy? Uh, we actually, actually we have another uh, uh, machine learning based model, so called the collection score. So collection score is like you know we don't count on any offline you know agent. We like based on the credit collection score. With some users, we never contact because we know these people really pay. And then some users we are very focused on DPD minus buy. Some users oh, like sorry, DPD. DPD. What is DPD? They, Debit the due. Okay, due date. Due, okay. due date. Yeah, okay. due dates minus five. Okay. Some users we only do calling or online push after the five, due five. So depending on uh, this collection score, we have different strategy. But basically, we are counting on push message, SMS, and final measure is basically call. So we barely count on the offline agent. That's why actually we are kind of a saving. A lot of cost from collection point of view. Right, right, right. And for such low ticket uh, loans, offline doesn't make sense. The cost will be too high. I mean, you you lose money on each loan if you start deploying mm. offline agents. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they they pay through like a UPI transaction or something on the. App. Yeah, so majorly, majorly. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. And it's a like if someone is taking a six month loan, then uh, like every month he has an EMI, or it's up to him. Like he can pay as like there is flexibility in paying or how yeah uh, yes we have a flex loan and then they uh, they have flexibility yeah okay 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 and the interest will be charged according to the repayment schedule that they yes yes okay 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 got it got it okay uh, what is the uh, dispersal rate right now like what, monthly how what like what is your loan disperse how much do you disperse every month loans we are Growing, ten percent month to month, so which means like which is gonna end up like you know two point five to three times more growth every year. So that's the kind of a growth rate we are making. Amazing, but some uh, some idea of your size, uh, like how much did you disburse last year? Could be something or uh, so, so, something to help me understand what scale you are at. Uh. I think you know uh, maybe uh, we from the disbursement AUM point of view, like you know, you are familiar with the AUM, right? Asset we are touching like your one thousand crores AUM for now, but you know because of uh, our short term, you know, the tenure loan character, our AUM is uh, much smaller than our disbursement. Yes, so yes, we yes, better, yes, yes. Yeah, we better uh, take it disbursement amount. No, no, this is a good number. One thousand crore mm. gives me an idea because you would be circulating this money at least three times a year, so it'll be exactly. at least three thousand crores annual, exactly. at least, and could be more also three to four thousand exactly. crore annual disbursement. Exactly. Okay, mm. okay, okay, interesting. Uh, where where does that put you among your peers? Uh, like say um, early yeah, that's very interesting. And... Interesting question. Yeah, like yeah. there are many digital players. Like even Paytm, they are, they want to do this digital loan. Everybody is talking yes. about it. Yes. When yes. it comes to these digital lenders, there are many good, actually very very good players. Like you know, Moneyview, Credit B, and then you know there are many. 
Yes. But you know, if you ask me who is your strongest in a competitor, the, my answer is like gold loan guys, payday loan guys. Because still, most of our target users, more than 90% of our users, they get the loan from them. Okay. So, uh, you know, some people ask me, like, you know, this market is very competitive. You know, there are so many players out there. But from my point of view, no. Because in this market, and as I told you, like, this market is growing explosively. Right. You know, we are, we are competing. But this market, the demand is so high. Supply, I don't think it's a problem. This is not red ocean market at all. This is pure blue, pure light blue market. So I think from my point of view, more important thing for us to take into consideration is that how to get those gold loan users and then payday loan users to get into this digital loan, application-based loans, and then get the loan in a very, very good, much better uh, UX and then commercials. Uh, the uh, payday loan industry in India, uh, is it like a formal industry? Like there are RBI registered NBFCs? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. There are so many like, you know, very small, small players without license. That's okay. another kind of a, you know, problem. I mean, the this, this digital loan, of course, there are many not actually good and then qualified digital players. But, you know, thanks for this digital loan, guys, including us. I think, you know, this market is going to be very transparent and then it's, it's open, right? Everything is open and then regulated. So I think, you know, RBI is going in the right direction. And then I think this whole technology, smartphone data thing is getting us, guiding us into the right direction. Do you see challenges with the data privacy, data security laws? Uh, you know, increasingly it's becoming tight. Uh, your ability to do underwriting would get affected if the amount of data which you are allowed to access gets restricted? Um, no, because, you know, you know, I think India is uh, from like, you know, India's tech, you know, India's tech point of view. India is amazing. I mean, the of course, you know, we still depend on some like Android phone data set. But, you know, AA, you know, this AA, we actually use AA for now. And okay, then so AA for this, is account aggregator. Account aggregator, right, okay, right. Okay. So, you know, once we use, start to use it, it's amazing. I mean, the, it's very easy to, we don't have to ask, you know, people to upload their bank statement PDF anymore. So it's, it's a actually great tool. So uh, I think, you know, it is Indian stack, Indian government, you know, efforts to make or digitalize it in India. It's going to help us a lot. Actually, you know, it already happened happen because uh, EKYC and then like, you know, this uh, UPI, IMPS, all those things were enabled in a very short term. And then without that, actually, our kind of players cannot do business, right? So this kind of evolution, revolution still going on. And then I don't think, you know, uh, it's going to impact very badly um, into our business. Uh, so this uh, uh, account aggregator framework, I've been hearing about it for a year now, uh, but has it actually become meaningful? Uh, yes, actually, we are utilizing it in a very meaningful manner. Of course, you know, SBI is not fully onboarded yet. That's okay. the only one problem. Okay. But, you know, uh, we, are, we are saving a lot of cost from this What AA. percentage of your users are uh, opting for this framework, account aggregator framework? More than... More than you know, 50, 60%. Okay. 
So okay. I think it's the number is carrying more and more. Okay. Yeah, that's a very very high number. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Uh, and the, in this account aggregator framework, basically they give you a consent for one-time access to their uh, uh, the entire transactions in their bank account. Not just bank. You know, actually, you know, if if they have some other like financial transactions. You know they are gonna open it as well. So I okay, think like it's great. mutual fund investments, insurance policies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, mm. okay, okay. Anything where your pan is linked, uh, I guess, uh, would be. Available. Yeah, pan, pan, pan card is a minimum. Yes, requirement. Okay, okay. Uh, what's been your learning as a founder building a business in India, especially a founder who's not from India? You know, what, what are the what are the unique learnings you've had? What are the challenges you've encountered as a as an expat founder? Mm. Actually, you know, I want to share my uh, very interesting story. You know, whenever I had uh, some kind of a dinner or like, you know, coffee with my friends, old friends, Indian friends, you know, they like, you know, hey, Charlie, you are like, you know, quarter Indian. You have been here for a long time, 20 years. Whenever I get that kind of a compliment, so-called, I kind of challenge my friends. Hey, guys, if you answer me right for those uh, following very simple, basic three questions, then I'm going to admit that I'm a quarter Indian and you are uh, 100% Indian. But if not, I'm going to claim that, you know, I'm more Indian than you. So I ask, like, you know, three questions. Sometimes it changes, but, you know, like, for example... What kind of a prepaid, you know, pack is the most popular, most selling, you know, prepaid pack? And then a long time back, like, you know, what's the most popular phone in India? And then, like, you know, and then there are, like, you know, so, some examples which real next billion Indians use, you know. You know, actually, uh, of course, you know, uh, India is a great market. I mean, there's so much, so many opportunities. This is like, you know, as I told you, like uh, size of the market, speed of the growth, maturity of the market. Still, these three point of view, India is the best. Still, from my point of view. So, like, you know, if you if you ask, you know, those kind of questions, and then, I'm sorry, but not not many of Indians can get those questions right. Because uh, India is a big, big country. There are, I think, you know, like there are three or four countries, three or four countries in the even the same region, like Gurgaon area. There are three countries there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. to understand the real India, from, from my point of view, as a foreigner, as a foreigner, as a foreigner Indian, I claim myself as a genuine Indian now, not quarter Indian. But, uh, you know, as a foreigner, I think, you know, for me, because I don't have any kind of a you know pre pre perception or whatever, I'm I'm not actually you know connected with any of one group or something. So like I see India as India, and then like you know I don't have any prejudice and I don't have any favor against what. So I think you know I see India as India as it is, and then I see a lot of opportunities, and then I see like you know business business and life and life so i think that's one kind of a kind of advantage i think you know i have but you know second one is like that's the more, more important one india is you know many like you know it's, it doesn't just apply to india but also to other countries as well indian people don't see india's real the big potential as it is 
Because, you know, for me, of course, India has a lot of problems. Every country has a lot of problems. This country also same. This country has a lot of problems. But compared to others, I mean, this country has a lot of uh, amazing, big, big potential. And then, you know, things going on. So Indian people, like, you know, ask me, like, what's your plan for going outside of India? What's your plan? So, like, you know, when can you go to the Bangladesh or Sri Lanka or, like, Indonesia? But as I told you, like, you know, I compare India, Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand, others. And I chose India because for me, frankly speaking, I don't have time to focus on India even. Why do I need to go out of India? <laughs> India is too big. And then India is it's a good market. So I really want to focus on this market for now. So, you know, likewise, I think, you know, India is really, really great market. And then you know, we need to see this market as it is. So uh, from that point of view also, I think, you know, maybe I have a little bit better understanding and then better position to approach that. Okay, uh, got it. Amazing. And what did you have to learn to run a business in India? You, you, you must have had to learn some things about how business operates in India. I'm sure it would be very different from Korea. Force uh, and the most important thing is that India is big. India is not one. That that's that's as simple as it is. India like as a Korean guy. Maybe if I'm from maybe China or like maybe US or something, maybe I could be in a better position to understand more. But as a Korean, like we are a very small country and then very single blooded, you know, kind of you know, small mindset of come country so um homogeneous country like everyone is similar yeah yeah almost same appearance you know and the same language so uh like 50 million people only it's like you know almost same as uh ncr region only you know it's a uh, small but india is big and then very very different kind of uh, people very very different kind of approaches required uh, i think not just regionally but also like you know many aspects so I think that's the most important one to, you know, keep that in mind. And then there are so many talented people. So I think, you know, that's also one of the very, very important things to keep that in mind to expand our business. Okay, amazing. And that brings us to the end of this conversation. I want to ask you for a favor now. Did you like listening to the show? I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Do you have your own startup ideas? I'd love to hear them. Do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in the show? I'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests. Write to me at ad at the podium.in. That's ad at t-h-e-p-o-d-i-u-m dot in.